Welcome to the 11th Hour podcast about Rancid. I am Brad Rose from Foxy Digitalis. I'm Sam Melancon from Debacle Records. And this is our podcast where we pick a Rancid song every episode and then talk about it and all the weird feelings it makes us have. Um, so this week it's my pick and decided to just go balls to the walls and picked radio So radio was okay. So it was originally released on an EP in '93 on Fat Records. That um, was the first release Rancid ever did with Lars, and it also included "Dope Sick Girl" and then two other songs. But then radio and "Dope Sick Girl" were re-recorded for "Let's Go," and "Let's Go" was released in June of '94 on Epitaph. Um, and mostly, I going to be talking about the the let's go version uh, the version that's on the radio 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 ep is just not as good to me like it's way more raw sounds like a demo to me but um, the so the song is written by tim matt and billy joe armstrong from green day it was produced by none other than brett gerowitz and let's see let's go I didn't even realize that it actually was on the Billboard chart, but it apparently got to number 97 um, on Billboard. So, the I mean, one of the big things with this song is, like I said, it's the f- first thing really with Lars. Um, after their fir- the first self-titled Rancid record, which was just uh, Tim, Matt, and... Oh my God, my br- Brett. Brett. <laughs> brain just lost um they wanted to add a second guitar player to beef up and kind of refine their sound and so for a while billy joe armstrong was playing with them and sort of fulfilling that role but then for made a wise career choice and decided <laughs> to devote all his time to green day and so that's where lars came in which i actually found this really great interview where it was talking where they were talking about meeting for the first time and like Lars was talking about like Gilman street and how the first, like the only band that was really worth a shit was operation Ivy. Um, and there's a quote where he says, I remember I put on the first rancid record and I went, Oh God, this is what I've been waiting for my whole life. Everybody wanted to be fucking Fugazi, all these fucking emo kids. There was no punk rockers anymore. It seemed like to me. And I was like, this is a fucking reaction to that. This is saying fuck you to all that. This is fucking real. <laughs> um, wow, that's like, that's the most Lars quote of all time. Absolutely. And then, so then Lars and Tim apparently met at Gilman Street, and Tim told Lars, like, hey, if your band ever breaks up, and at the time, Lars' band was apparently in the middle of doing that, so it said Lars locked himself in his brother's bedroom with a rancid tape and a boombox and learned all the songs, and 
when he showed up for the first rancid practice tim says like he knew the songs better than we did which feels like a that sounds about right too yeah, yeah. <laughs> um so yeah so um radio is i mean it's for anybody who i mean someone like me someone like you where music has been this one of the most central aspects of my entire life since I was 10 or something. Um, this, I mean, this song is resonates on the deepest possible level. Cause it's about, you know, discovering music and it basically, I guess saving you or giving you a sense of belonging to something. hundred percent. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's almost like in a weird way, like this is way, hyperbolic but like it's kind of this weird prayer or something like it's a weird like it's a weird affirmation or something around music of going like you know more and more i think you know contextualizing tim is like this guy who had a shitty home life was a you know addict you know and all these things and then his only good stuff up until this point of his life was up ivy and rancid and all these things you know and Mm -hmm. it's sort of saving his life and and being a reason to get cleaned up and you know go have a career you know like it's a really you know it's just a deeply important thing to him but also it's just like for anybody who's into music this the song is just very like you know plain spoken about you know the core hook for the people that don't know or like is when i got the music i got a place to go right you know and it's just like yeah (laughs) well and i mean it's and it's also it, it, it's a love song too, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. I, I mean obviously it starts out never fell in love till I fell in love with you, and you know, hearing it for the first time, you probably think oh well, where is this going like, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and but yeah I mean it's it's a yeah I like I like the description of it as a prayer, um, and it's an interesting thing because it's one of the first slow pieces in their discography right like like. Like, you know, there wasn't a lot of stuff where he was slow and strummy for at least a period of it. There was a couple things, but right. it being early on the album, you know, it's kind of their breakout album. Like, it, it, it's really, you hear Tim and all his Timness, you know, you hear his voice kind of clean in a way you don't always. And and it's this really raw thing. And it's interesting, you brought up the, the EP. I think not only, you know, most people will talk about the lyrics on this and the feeling of the song from the lyrics, but like... I was doing a little bit of like listening to the EP version and mm-hmm. watching a bunch of live versions and covers and everything. And I think there's something about the take too, like the, the either the rate, you know, quote unquote arrangement or the production or the, just the take they got is so visceral whenever they get intense, yeah. you know, when it goes into its intense parts. And, uh, I think if it was slightly different, it might hit not as, as perfectly, you know? Right. Yeah. I mean that part, the, when in the here it is here i am turn it up fucking loud part, oh god and it's matt perfect. is just matt is just going nuts on the bass <clears throat> during that part oh my it god feels like it feels like they're falling over themselves to tell you about the song right right like just it's like it does this blah, 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 and he's and he's going he's saying that and and lars is kind of doing this like you know like high-end thing on the guitar and it's like they're like trying to get back into time with each other so that they can go into the radio 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 right. part you know what i mean but it's beautiful. Like it's like an accidental, you know, like I think of that sort of structure as being a, 
frog structure almost more than like a right. punk thing, right? Well, uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, the way, God, the way that the way the bass line during the radio, radio that part mm-hmm. and the the background vocal like go mm-hmm. together. It's yes. I mean, that's like musically one of the best Ranson moments ever. I mean, God, that bass line is so. That is Matt at his yeah. best. But this is 100% that that feeling of a thing I'm sure we'll say a lot, which is that take on Rancid where it's like, uh, Rancid is two rhythm guitarists and a lead bass. Right. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> right. And yeah. like, like this is a total song for that. And really, Let's Go as a whole is that because I hadn't fully figured out, like, yeah. Matt was the one that was locked in the most, I think, on, on Let's Go Absolutely. in terms of the melodic elements and everything. And so, um, yeah, and it's just... I, that was a thing that I never had thought about before is that that version of it, the production, this is a time where the production on let's go, isn't a detriment. I think, you know, it's like, yeah, not that it's really that bad, but you know, it's not amazing, but you know, like I think something magical happened with that take. And if they hadn't had that take or that, you know, combination of takes or whatever they did, uh, it, it might not sit in the same way. It still might be like kind of a, fanfare because it's basically like a folk sing-along around a campfire song in a lot of ways right right yeah i mean there's hardly so any those, lyrics those ends up being you know kind of fan favorites no matter what you know because the lyrics are meaningful and yeah. you know um you know it's such a thinking about the lyrics you know it's, it's such a um universal song mm-hmm. in so many ways you know when i got the music i got a place to go like that is yes. At one point in my life, because of that sentiment and who I was, feeling who I was, if you ask me what's the most important song in your life, I pro- there was there's moments in my life when I would have been like radio easy. Yeah, it's the most yeah. definitional song to me. It is the most exciting song to me in in my life. It's not the most complex or nuanced song, but it is the most meaningful song to me. Um, yeah. it's been a long time, but it, the thing I was gonna say was like. It's also a very, very, very personal song. It's literally about his dad. Right. It's literally about hearing Clash. It's literally about all these. Again, we he's good at zooming into small moments and talking about life in a very honest way. And, and the, yeah, well, that, so I was kind of thinking. So after our last episode, and we were, you know, we were talking about kind of some of the complicated um, feelings yeah. around Rancid and. Um, and how it especially made sense with Blood Clock because Blood Clock is a very just like fuck you rah rah yeah um, exactly tough song and talking about like toxic masculinity and all those things and then I was as I thought about that afterwards I was thinking about like Tim and I, and it started to make sense as to maybe why I connect with this in a certain way because Tim isn't really like a lot of tim's best songs are really vulnerable and really i mean they're you know it's it's hilarious seeing that lars quote about like oh it's fucking emo shit and yeah, yeah. like tim writes very emo kind of lyric like not in a, yes. in a i'm so sad you know whatever but um and, and so i i think and, that that 
for me, because like my entire life, even when I was a teenager, I I had no interest in like masculinity and being a bro yes. and 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 it kind of you know I, I have on the notes here like just to mention the no effects cover of radio mm-hmm. which i don't think is any good but like <laughs> n- n- like no i never ever was into like no effects or most of the whole fat record set because it felt to me and, and this may be unfair because i don't know no effects is like discography like super well but it always felt way more kind of broy and jokey and mm-hmm. um whereas I think like Rancid, there's a sincerity to their like songs, especially Tim's lyrics, even Lars to a lesser degree. I think Lars is more the, um, is the more yeah, likely. It's like to, sometimes he's going through the motions of like this persona, right? Yeah, and and you know, and that and 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 Lars is interesting too. I, I think I was thinking too, another, a great spinoff episode for some time would be to um, talk about the other F word documentary yes yes um because seeing that it kind of shows lars in a different it, it gave me a, another view on lars um but tim has always been this kind of just like a sensitive guy who's who's I, who i think it seems like is maybe struggling with that too if you yeah i think that's the big thing right like i think not to give him a pass on things, but like this is the Tim that makes me like Rancid and like Tim, mm-hmm. right? And this is also the Tim that makes me so pissed when he does like, yeah, I'm gonna do transplants with Skinhead Rob, right? And you like, <laughs> you have such a need for like male aggression in your life, you know what I mean? Like you yeah. want to surround yourself in it and you feel very comfortable in it, but I don't think that's you as much as you think that that's the right people to be around. And when yeah. you're, you know, a big part of Tim is consistently kind of making these little family groups around himself mm-hmm. it seems like you know if to diagnose him from far away you know <laughs> right. he is a guy with a bit shitty home life who was thrust into a lot of you know fame and interest pretty young that part was great more of that this gives me a family that's what the song's about you know what yeah. I mean? and that kind of is the tim thing and all the bad things of tim are i want to be controlling and keep these little groups of people around me yeah and i want it all to be the same it to never change and I also want this amount of masculinity because I think that's what I need. And I don't think I'm super wrong there. I think it's way more nuanced than that. But, like, it's hard to listen to this song. It's hard to listen to the best Tim songs and then resolve them against the stuff that makes me so mad about mm-hmm. him, right? You know? And it's like, if you ask, like, exactly, as a follow-on to last episode, talking about this stuff, it's like, if you ask me why do I care and why does it matter and why are we, like putting a spotlight on people that might be kind of arrested development kind of right. millionaire LA guys. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> in the end, you know, that's like where we've ended up. It's like, that's not what it was to me. Yeah. And this song was so important to me. And it's the sort of thing that like when they miss the mark, this is the sort of stuff that they're betraying in my mind, like of this sort of honest right. uh, beauty of punk and DIY and music and just loving music. This is this is everything to me. This is the thesis of my life, and it's right. like so frustrating when yeah. they're not this. You know what I mean? When they do that, Lars quote was so funny to pair with this to me. You know what I mean? Of like, you know, fuck who got of right. all things. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> right. the other favorite band of all time. You know what I mean? Like, like it's just they get in their own way so often. I feel like you know what I mean. And I think that's for, like a recurring theme. Hundred percent. Right, 
I mean, yeah, God, they get in their own way. So, like, they they really do. And and this sort of like, I want to create and control a family around me because I'm so, you know, like I think there's a little bit of Tim is eternally seventeen and worried. You know what I mean? Like, and I worry that like it's the whole thing with Tim that he never got past that. Yeah, you know what I mean, or that maybe just now he's getting past that, and all the bad shit is him just acting the way a seventeen-year-old would react to the world versus like right. an adult, a thirty-year-old man, and it's like that's not an excuse for him, but like it really does make me wonder how much you know Op Ivy blowing up when it did, how much all this stuff happening when he was still pretty young, plus his home life, plus all this other stuff. Like that's why does I think it comes through in this song of like. He so desperately wants belonging and he so mm-hmm. desperately like loves that feeling. You know, for a lot of people, Punk was like, my home life is shitty and I have a lot of internalized aggression. This is a perfect combo because I get a little bit of a family unit from it. But there's so many like dark sides to that same idea. You know, that's the same right. pitch that the Proud Boys have. You know what I mean? At, like, right, for sure. I mean, it is. So like, it's like, it's hard for me to sum up all the like feelings I have about radio, <laughs> right. right? Like. I don't think I can do that in this format, you know, and I don't think I've put in enough time of like, this really was, but it's like, yeah, the, I've done something with music since around the time I heard the song for the first time, since I was 15 or whatever. Right. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I, I will probably never not do something around music. I'm not a particularly really a musician in any way, but like this, the sort of, vision that was sold to me by a lot of my idols around like these kind of groups of people Mm -hmm. supporting each other and these underground scenes is half of the reason I like quote unquote music. You know what I mean? Like really that's absolutely these social groups. Right. Right. And it's like, I'm chasing that as much as I'm chasing anything else. And this is exactly a distillation, kind of a teenage distillation of that feeling. Yeah. And why I'll never stop. You know what I mean? Right. Well, and you know, and I was thinking about how, like, you know, what is it, what was it about Rancid that just stuck with it? Why them and not, you know, whoever else? I mean, there was a lot of, you know, why not, like, I don't feel this way about Fugazi. I think Fugazi's great. I don't feel this way about Fugazi. Um, and there, I, you know, I think the the sort of spirit of this song, of this, uh, and, and there are so many other Tim songs, especially where it's like this searching for something to feel like I belong and to feel like is something bigger than myself. And I mean, we're not the, you know, probably my all time favorite rancid songs journey to the end of the East Bay. And there's mm-hmm. the, there was always this urgent need to belong is one of the lyrics. And, and so, I mean, it's spelled out as clearly he as you can. Yeah, <laughs> right. Exactly. Uh, but I mean, at this time when I heard this, I mean, I, that was me. Like I was, mm-hmm. and even now as a almost 43 year old who has had marginally successful record labels and had, you know, all these, I still kind of feel that like I yeah. still, especially for me as living in a place like in Tulsa, Oklahoma, where there's it's, you know, <laughs> but, um, <laughs> but even beyond that, like I, f- I'm still wanting to yeah. feel like I belong. I feel like I've never, achieved the the promise and it's not in some awful way it's more like i can still do more to get to that feeling get to that high high mm-hmm. as related to the music scene and everything and and the this kind of song i mean yeah like 
so we're, we're on episode three. I'm going to see how long I can keep this going that I'm going to bring up the mountain goats in this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> but one of my favorite mountain goat songs is dance music, which it's the same idea of like, yeah, I had this really horrible, I, you know, I was dealing with all the shit as a kid as in my home, you know, but put on a record or turn on the radio, put on like, and I, I like, I feel connected to something that's not, or it's an escape. It's like, you know, I mean, and, and it's still, I mean, it, music is still that for me in a lot, in a lot of ways, in a lot of situations. I mean, I have, I don't have a terrible home life. I'm very privileged and lucky. Um, but even, you know, I mean, the world is on fire and, you know, not to get too deep into my own personal story, but I left music for many years because mm-hmm. it, I was super depressed and there was a whole lot of stuff. Well, when the pandemic started and the world really, it was just like, holy shit, like what is tomorrow even going to look like? Um, that's, I, that's what brought me back. And I turned back to the thing, the thing that my entire, basically my entire adult life and before has got me through. And so this song is like, is that it's, it's a love song to that. It all feeling. goes back to that, right? Like you yeah. all, it, yeah, exactly. And yeah, I, that's a really good contextualization of like, yeah, like it, it just keeps pulling you back even through all this stuff. And, and yes, when you're faced with like, what are we doing? Why are we doing it? And having kids and all these things. Yeah. And it's like, well, one of the things is to make art and to make fun, you know, make connections and do all the, you know, like the things I'm going to remember, you know, yeah. it isn't like losing, th- you know, thousands and thousands of dollars on <laughs> festivals. It's going to be when somebody came up to me and said something awesome and yep. we had a good time at that festival, you know, and it's like remembering that, you know, in, in times of burnout and times of yeah. uh, chaos, you know, and, uh, because yeah, those and are the moments where you feel like you belong, right? 100%. And that's what it, it, everybody wants to feel like everybody wants to feel like they belong to something. That's human yeah. nature, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, and, and it's like, sometimes you try to engineer it and sometimes, yeah. You know, and who, who who knows how much these labels and these people in your life actually had that. But you know they had that just, like, at the corner show. Like, when they're just down at the show, hanging out in front of the building, you know. Like, <laughs> they had those moments that you want to hold on to for, like, the rest of your life. And you're like, this is great. I'm having such a good time. And that is what the song was. And it was almost like this song for me was, like, almost before I could do that. You know what I mean? Like, I was almost yeah. a little too young. And it painted this picture of, like... Yeah, whether it's me sitting in my room, like, just listening to this and, you know, a weird combination of music that I was, like, obsessed with at the time. It was, like, DJ Shadow, this, Joni Mitchell. It was, like, very fucking weird. You know, um, over and over in my room, right. you know what I mean? And then 10 years later, you know, being outside of a DIY show, like, the the promise was real. Yeah. But that's... And I don't want to, and I guess to bring it into our larger thing... I don't want to have to walk away from that just because Tim, like, it makes me so mad that Tim fucked up or Lars is a, you know, like, whatever it is, these people not living up to my hopes and dreams makes me kind of pissed in some level. And it's like, but whether or not it's my vision of them or what's real, this song is why I want to do this podcast. You know what I mean? For sure. Absolutely. It's a good pick. It's a lot to think about. Like I don't think we've even gotten half of the feelings no. of the song out, but I think it's a wonderful pick and and I'm glad you forced us to do it early <laughs> cuz 
I would uh, I would just never pick it because it would feel too big. And so you're giving me only a few days to think about it and just go. I really appreciate it. Rip the Band-Aid that. off. And yeah, just, I love it. Yeah. I have a feeling we'll return to this song at some... Like, Yeah, I think somebody's going to... We're either going to do a V2 or something. Right. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, yes, I think... Um, thanks for doing that. Awesome. So we come to the point in the show where... <laughs> what's next yes. time? What what's think? next? Uh, I think it's time to have the first of our many matt conversations oh boy oh god and i think it's interesting that you pick this song because <laughs> you know uh another wonderful song from let's go we will be talking about tenderloin oh man okay you know the well i won't say too much but yeah that's i think that's like the matt song that offends me the least <laughs> i know i picked it on purpose yeah, right. i'm gonna make you talk I, well don't talk now yeah no but i'm gonna make you say nice things about the matt song for your first one so okay uh, <laughs> okay well, awesome all right um well hey thanks for listening you can find us on twitter and on instagram at rancid pod so give us a follow and uh, we'll see you next time have a good one sam Thank you. Thank you. 